In this week's episode, I'm chatting with training manager and passionate learning and development advocate Kara North, who tells us how she's owning her L&D career trajectory. And like many training professionals, people like you and me, Kara has taken an interesting path to get to where she is today. She's worked as a full-time senior instructional designer and then as a learning and development consultant. Now, perhaps as you're listening to this, that resonates with you. Perhaps just like me, you've worked in corporate L&D, you've come out of that to decide to work for yourself for a while with your own direct clients, and maybe then you've gone back in to work in corporate L&D. And that's what Kara's done, because these days, Kara's trajectory or plan is actually very clear because she set her sights firmly on becoming a CLO or Chief Learning Officer. So today you get to listen in to Kara's story. Kara tells you what she's doing to get where she wants to go with the help of the right people, the right mentors. So you're going to find out where Kara started from in training, how she's doubled her followers on LinkedIn, serving up LinkedIn jobs to people, how she's chosen the mentors that she has, why she's writing a book right now with the ATD, what's prompted her to write her PhD in learning and how she's working through that to complete that soon, and what she is doing to become a Chief Learning Officer. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. This is the weekly show for people like you and me, people in the training business. If you're a consultant, a coach, a facilitator, or a trainer, someone who does what they do because they love to help people to do what they do, someone who helps people to be the very best that they can be, that's transformation, it's human development, it's it's the training business, that's what I call it at least. And if you're someone who works for yourself as a consultant, a facilitator, a coach, a trainer, or even work inside corporate L&D in an L&D practice, then I'd like to think that this is the show for you because every single Thursday, there is an episode of the show. Sometimes it's a one-to-one episode where it's just you and I, or it's an episode as it is again this week with a guest. Today's guest is Kara North. And as I said before the music, Kara's story is all about how she's gone from working as an instructional designer to setting herself firmly on the path to becoming a chief learning officer. If this is your first time here, by the way, welcome, because this this is the show for you, for people just like you and me. If it's not your first time here, welcome back. It's wonderful to know that you're tuning in every Thursday, because that's when we have a fresh episode of the show every Thursday on your podcast platform of choice. Can I ask you, therefore, to just take a moment right now to click on subscribe. There is no cost to you. It costs you absolutely nothing, just a couple of seconds. But this means the world to me because it validates what I do and what my team, Sam and James, do each single week to get an episode to you every single Thursday morning. Now, in terms of other content that we serve up, you'll find articles as well as past episodes of the podcast on trainingbusiness.com. That's www.trainingbusiness.com. And as we sign off today, I'll mention something in terms of what I'm looking for for articles. Perhaps that's something you'd like to do to contribute an article 
to the trainingbusiness.com blog, but I'll leave those details until after we talk to Kara today. So I think you're going to enjoy this. I certainly did. Kara, hi, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. You're in Ohio today. I am, yes. I'm in uh, Columbus, Ohio, yes. Okay, well, look, uh, we spoke before this recording, and today we thought we'd uh, run through three key headings for the audience, and all of them begin with the word build. So the episode title today literally is How Do I Own My Own L&D Career Trajectory? And you have a great story to tell because just like me, you've been into, you've been in learning and development, you've worked for yourself, you've gone back in again, and um, you're doing a couple of things which I'm doing as well. So we've actually quite a few things in common. So why don't we start with with the first of the three things? And just to give listeners a quick overview, we're, we're going to talk about building a plan for your L&D career. We're going to look at the second thing, which is to build a network to help your L&D career development. And the third thing is to build a brand for your L&D career. Sound good to you? Let's do it. Okay, so let's talk about you, first of all, building a plan. And that comes down to knowing what your intentions are. And you have an interesting story because you're quite clear on where you want to go, which is right to the top, right? To be a a CLO. Yes, I would love to get there. I know it's going to take a lot of work to get there, but that is something that I would like, like to do. Yeah. So you began in Amazon and you were the instructional designer for the Kindle customer service team. One of seven people, is that right, for 200,000 associates worldwide? Yeah, the team at that time for the customer service side was extremely small. But I mean, the team grew a lot during during my tenure. But it's just, I don't know, it's it's like one of those things you didn't know what you didn't know what you didn't know until like you looked back and was like, oh my goodness, I supported how many people and we had a team of how many. So yeah, it, it's quite fascinating looking back but at the time, like I was just trying to soak everything in that I could. So you, it's just so funny looking back because people are like, oh my gosh, you worked at Amazon. Your team must've been huge. I was like, not really, <laughs> not back then at least. <laughs> and you then left Amazon uh, to go to higher education. You worked at a university, I think for seven years. Um, you're currently working on your PhD, which is fascinating. And in that time, you also worked as a full-time senior instructional designer at the college. And in 2017, the third thing in parallel, you also started consulting. So you began your own LLC. What was that like, doing all those three things together? Exciting, but then also kind of draining. So I'll tell you why I decided to do that. And I think this is is really kind of important. Going from a really fast-paced corporate environment to higher education, to me, was an absolute culture shock. And I was used to really kind of fast-paced, everything moving at the speed of light versus in higher education, at least where I was, everything moved at a sloth pace to the point where I'm sitting around kind of jittery. What am I supposed to do all day? And so I knew very clearly that after I had kind of got my formal education for working there, because that was a a gift of working there was they covered your tuition if you were a full-time employee. So I took full advantage of that because I didn't know 
anything about learning and development. I kind of fell into it, but I knew I wanted to go back and be formally educated. So I'm very thankful that I had that opportunity. But uh, even going to school, I still had all this energy kind of pent up. And I knew that I wanted to get into leadership. I knew that if I didn't keep my own skills sharp, I might have trouble pivoting or growing. And so I did my own LLC because I wanted to get more experience outside of what I was currently getting in my day to day, specifically, you know, managing my own projects, you know, dealing with all these various constraints that businesses have to where they do work with consultants uh, versus again, higher education's a little bit more, more slower, but Um, I'll tell you, and I think this might be a theme of this episode, Mark, is, you know, had it not been for somebody pushing me and be like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean? What am I doing? Why don't you have your own LLC? I never really thought I was good enough to do something like that. But having someone believe in me and say that, that's really what pushed me. And looking back now, I'm really glad that that I did it. So don't be surprised. I know a lot of times it's really hard, especially when you're in the middle of something, you're working really hard to just pause and look around and just see what you're able to accomplish. Sometimes it takes an outside person to really kind of help you see your own value. That's true. That's true. So you you decided to, I think you, you said when we first spoke that you felt it was important to have academic credentials. So what is your PhD on right now? What What is the the, the thesis Sure. So uh, the PhD will be in educational studies with the emphasis in learning technologies. And so um, my dissertation is actually about the articulate storyline e-learning hero community, specifically the informal learning that takes place on that community. And what I think Articulate does very well is they've built this community around these various challenges. So if you are new to the Articulate software, it's something you can go to to have a little prompt to design something to challenge yourself. And I'm absolutely fascinated, Mark, by the group of people that participate in these challenges. Again, they're not compensated for their time. They often are very nice about, you know, putting things out there and sharing the work that they're working on and sharing how they did it. And it's just a really nice informal learning community. And what I found through interviewing folks that are a part of this community is that um, it, it's very beneficial to them in more ways than one. Not only does it kind of give them the filling up their their heart tank, so to speak, of, you know, I feel like I'm doing good by helping others, but it's also kind of lucrative for consultants to be a part of this because as they're building things on these forums, employers are looking at that and then they reach out and say, hey, I saw that that really neat widget you built over there. We'd love to have somebody like you come in and build something like that for us. So it's very mutually beneficial. And I don't know if Articulate even really thought something like that would happen with what they did, but it is a really neat community. And the more that I dig into it, the more layers of the onion I'm uncovering. So your your path, your North Star, if you will, is to be a chief learning officer. You're working on your PhD. You've accumulated experience in academia, working as a senior instructional designer. 
You've also dipped your toes in the, uh, let's call it the consultant market. You worked uh, having your own LLC. And for those of you listening who perhaps don't know that term, it's limited liability corporation. Is that right? It's uh, Yes. And I don't know about where you're at, Mark, but at least here in the United States, it's so easy to, to start one. So I'm in the state of Ohio. I believe it costs 99 US dollars to start it. And it's just a very painless form that you fill out online and then it goes off to somewhere. I'm not really sure who looks at it and then they (laughs) accept it. And then once you accept it again here in the United States, then you're eligible to get a, um, your own tax ID number to be tracked through, you know, the U S tax service. And then from there you can open a little business banking account if you need to, but it really honestly was far less painful than I thought it would be setting up an LLC. You said little business, and I'm smiling because when we first spoke, you said that 2020 was an extremely good year as a consultant. In fact, so much so that um, for you and a lot of your network, you had to refer out a lot of the business. Why was that year so good? It's only a year ago. Oh, well... I really kind of feel bad saying that something good happened in 2020, just just in general. But with kind of the global pandemic, there was an outpouring of work for the learning development space, specifically in e-learning. And so lots of my friends just, you know, made a very good amount of money last year, myself included. I had some of my biggest projects I've ever had in my career last year um, during it. And it was really kind of hard to turn down work and money. And, but, you know, being able to refer it out was also very good because there were a lot of school systems, a lot of companies that were looking to transition uh, folks to home for learning purposes. And there was just a, a tremendous amount of work to be had, but then also something interesting is now I feel like people know what I do for a living. I feel like before 2020, when I tried to explain what it is that I do, they weren't really understanding it, but I feel like it's really pushed learning and development kind of into the spotlight. And so I think we're in a really interesting time in our profession as to where we continue to go kind of with what it is that that we do. So I'm just curious about lessons we've got from that. For people listening, what in your experience are the signals that now or anytime is a good time to be a consultant or now is a good time to go back into the corporate fold or vice versa? What are the signals that that tell you now's the time to, you know, roll up your tent or leave and set up a tent? Oh goodness. I think it's extremely personal for kind of each person to make that decision. But you know, honestly, I think it kind of three factors. Uh, number one, how do you feel at the end of your day, right? So if it's something that you just absolutely dread what you're doing, then maybe you might need a change of scenery, right? Or it could be something a little bit deeper where maybe you need to change your, your profession. Again, I know that's a very personal decision, but I know with most of my work, I don't feel like I work, if that makes any sense at all. Like, I truly enjoy what it is that I do to the point that it's also become kind of a hobby. And then again, with my LLC 
continuing to do the same stuff. So I think that, you know, asking that question, like, you know, how does this kind of make me feel? That's number one. Uh, Number two is, again, where is it that you want to go? So I am very kind of driven by where it is that I want to go and I want to take the steps to get me there. So by doing this opportunity, by taking this opportunity, will I learn or pick up things that will help me get to that end goal wherever it is that I want to go? And I, again, that's a personal question that someone has to kind of go through, uh, you know, on their own. And then I think the third one is, you know, what, what support or, or what um, network or, I don't know, basically what can I continue to do in this, whether it's corporate or, um, you know, going back into the consulting realm that can also better the, the profession. And so I take kind of this professional integrity very seriously because I know I wouldn't be where I am today if people wouldn't have invested their time in me, written blog articles about things, created YouTube tutorials on how to use certain learning technologies. So it's really taken kind of a village, so to speak, to get me to where I am today. And so I think a big hallmark of being a professional, no matter what it is that you do, is how you can give back to the community that also helped you get to where you are today. So that's something I'm always cognizant of as well when I'm changing positions or looking to go somewhere. You know, what lessons can I share with other people that maybe they also need help with uh, where I'm currently at? Yeah. And we'll talk about the idea of building a network and a brand in in, in part two and part three of today's episode. But something you've said just... Um, struck a chord with me. And it's the fact that we don't necessarily have to be in one or the other. Quite a few people have a full-time role. And if they've got lat- if they've got the, the bandwidth, they also have an LLC or some kind of external consultancy going on. That's, of course, if their uh, terms and conditions permit that. Um, but right now, you're running the training department for a semiconductor business. Um, and you're running a team of seven people, soon to be 10. How's that going? It's chaotic, but it's also really fun. So I am very proud of the work that I've been able to do up until this point, but I'm also as as good as the team. And I have a terrific team of people that I get to work with every day. So really being, I think, really choosy in my hiring decisions was really important, but then also knowing kind of the mission in front of us. So specifically, the department that I'm in charge of is new. It's something that we've been trying to influence the heart and minds of the company because we currently kind of have this content paralysis, as I call it, of we have all this content floating around and people think, oh, we can send them something and they're trained. Well, no, not necessarily, right? So um, really trying to change the culture and really having folks on the team help navigate those conversations and you know, being brave to have those conversations and me being able to support them has really been tremendous and something that I've really enjoyed. So let's let's take that word you've just used, which is support. And that brings us nicely to part two, which is to build a network because you, you can't know everything, as you've told me yourself. We need good mentors. If you're to take ownership of your career trajectory, whether it's as an employee in an L&D practice or whether it's externally as a consultant or both, you need people to help you on that path. And you're fortunate because you have a couple of CLOs or chief learning officers as mentors. Um, Brandon 
Carson is a past guest on the show. Uh, and I think you said he actually was one of your mentors. Um, how have you chosen your mentors and how have you known they're right for you? Sure. So I, I met Brandon at a conference a couple of years ago. I think it was the training learning development conference in 2019. And he did this just amazing session about just sharing stories of, of his work. And he was at Delta at the time of, you know, challenges that they had and how they overcame it. And I just knew he was somebody that I wanted to get to know. Plus he was really, really funny in person. And I like other weird, funny people. And he's kind of one of those people. So, you know, I think one thing that people often ask is like, you know, how do I get a mentor? And I know having that conversation of, Hey, will you be my mentor? It's a little bit awkward for a lot of people, but you know, I just followed his work for a while. I would comment on stuff that he would post. And, you know, I finally, I mean, I will admit, Mark, it took me a little bit, but I finally got up the courage to like, just send him a message and like, listen, like, I, I really just admire you. I want to be like you. I would love to have a conversation with you. And he's like, yeah, let's, let's talk. And that's all it was. I mean, that, that's all that it took. And then after that, you know, he invited me to be, be part of L and D cares and I haven't talked to him lately. I need to actually rectify that, but he's just somebody, again, the kind of person and professional I want to be is someone that continues to give back to continue to pay it forward through helping other people along the journey. And just the time that he has taken to talk to me has been tremendous. There's another lady um, who is, I don't know if her title's technically a CLO, but she was the first woman to lead the learning function for her company. And I really look up to her a lot too. Her name is Mary Crop. Um, she's at Bluetooth SIG and she's just been a tremendous influence to me as well. So connecting with other leaders that to me have a servant heart and really have done the work to get them to where they are today and, and them just being kind and generous with their time to talk to me uh, really does mean a lot to me. And, um, you know, Brandon gave me some really good advice about, you know, the, the CLO role specifically, he said, you know, it's really important. It's not enough just to know learning development. You got to, got to know the business speak mm. as well. And yeah. so, um, that's great feedback. And it just so happens in my current role, my supervisor has a very deep business expertise. And so my last performance review, you know, I asked the question, like, what can I do to help you? I specifically told him, I want to get to CLO status one day. And I said, you have a lot of business expertise. I said, I would like to lean into you and learn more about that. And he said, I, I'd be happy to help you. So had Brandon not planted that seed in my mind, I probably would have thought, well, I know a lot about learning development. I'd be a great CLO. Well, that's just a part of it, right? It's just a part of it. Yeah. And you, you are currently giving back. I mean, Brandon's been one of the instigators of L&D Cares, which you've mentioned, which has been very helpful to many people who've perhaps found themselves in a rough spot as a consequence of the pandemic. But you're giving back right now because when we first spoke, you said you're known for sharing news about remote jobs on LinkedIn. And I guess the the reciprocity for you has been that it doubled your following, I think you said 5,000 extra followers in 2021. Not that you did it for that reason, obviously, but uh, that was the almost the payback. So tell, tell us a bit about that, um, how you're giving by sharing 
job announcements and how that's influenced how people perceive you as someone who pays it forward? Sure. So honestly, the reason I started posting the job postings was, you know, I, 2020, while it was really good for a business for a lot of my consultant friends, I do know a lot of people that lost their corporate L&D roles during 2020. And I was really shocked to see some of the people who kind of got let go of uh, talented people that I've known for years. I was like, golly, if, if someone like that could lose their job, it could happen to anybody. And so I thought, well, you know, LinkedIn jobs, people are probably on LinkedIn to help find jobs in addition to other reasons as well. So what if I put together like a list of different jobs that I found? And so I started doing that. I want to say it was last May or June. I actually don't have the month in front of me, but I do have it tracked somewhere. And I just started posting jobs like, hey, here's some jobs that I found. I started making it a little bit more fun. I have like some music and like an inspirational quote. And then now I have like a question of the day. But it kind of morphed from just this little thing that I did to where if I missed a day, I would get several people, well, where's the jobs? Where's the jobs? I'm like, wow, like people are actually like really depending on this. And then I felt more of a responsibility. So then I got this messaging app that will send text messages to people with them as well. In addition to the LinkedIn, although I do need a different platform because now they change stuff and it's not working the way that I want it to. So that's a whole nother story for another day. But yeah, I want to say at the beginning of 2020, I think I had like five or 6,000 LinkedIn followers. And now like I'm over 10,000 and I never would have thought in a million years, something like that would have doubled my numbers, but it ended up doing it. But I didn't do it for that. I did it because I, I truly wanted to help other people. And it just takes a few minutes of my time. But again, if you're new to learning development, so many of these positions want everything in the kitchen sink. And so the positions that I post are not just positions people tell me to post, but I read them and I make sure that I think that it's a viable position. It's not like a scam. It's not something that's setting someone up to fail, but this is a job description that at least in the job description, it seems like it seems like it's a good job. So these are curated positions, curated by Kara almost. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So that's the that's the the second part, which is building the network. It's it's having good mentors. It's understanding how they feel you could perhaps emulate them and paying it forward to pay it forward. Uh, and what you're doing right now is literally that. It's it, you're known for for paying it forward and the network. That's your net worth to your network, so to speak. So number three then today is, is the concept of building a brand. And that's something that your mentor, Brandon, has done very well. Um, he's just written a book. And um, you're currently writing a book too. Isn't that right? For ATD, Learning Experience Design. Yeah. So I'm working on a book for ATD about learning experience design. I actually... After this, I do have to send them a couple more things for them uh, for their publishing stuff. It's not even close to being done yet, though. They just need to go through a couple of things. But, yeah, I'm really excited about that, and I'm really excited about that opportunity. And I love telling the story because I think it, it will kind of shed light into things because you might be listening to this and like, well, why are you in the position to where you could write a book for ATD? Well, just so happened last year uh, when everything kind of hit the fan, so to speak, there was a free conference that 
uh, Clint Clarkson, a gentleman in Canada, put on uh, during kind of everything. And he was one of the first online-only conferences during the pandemic. And he asked me if I would speak at it. And again, I had a relationship with Clint for a few years. Good guy. And I said, sure, I'm happy to. And I did a presentation about writing better assessments. Just so happened in that free conference that was public, open for everybody, someone from ATD was at that conference, sat in my session, liked my session, and then reached out to me. And that's how I I got my in with ATD, so to speak. So I say that because you just never know when you're going to do something, when it's going to hit somebody that is going to offer you an opportunity further down the road. And that's what I think is really important about building your brand. You just never know what it is that you share or write or put out there that could really make a difference or resonate with people to where they want to get involved in your career and help you. And none of these things we've talked about stand on their own. They all tie together, don't they? I mean, they're not sequential. You just don't start with a plan and then move to step two, which is a network, and then step three, which is a brand. We're doing all three of these things in parallel, I guess. Correct. It'd be nice if it was nice baby steps, but it's not. (laughs) So if I said to you, um, what is around the corner for you? I know you've got your podcast right now. Um, Give us the name of the podcast, if you don't mind. It's called Instructional Redesign, and I do it with my friend Joe Suarez. And you've got your book, You've a Clear Path, You're Building Your Network, you've got your brand, uh, you've got mentors, you have a busy role. Um, So if I said to you, two, three years from now, I know the CLO is the target, where do you think you'll be? It's a great question. If not... CLO, then maybe director, senior director status somewhere. So a little bit closer to the CLO. I realize I'm not going to jump there tomorrow and I'm okay with that. Uh, And then, you know, I've launched something recently, an ID community cohort where I have real clients and I'm going to give people real instructional design experience with these nonprofit clients because there's a lot of people looking to see instructional design, like the full process because they've either just read about it or maybe just found out about it, but really would like to see kind of what that looks like. I'm hoping in two to three years, I'm not the one that has to run these things that people that have went through it are paying it forward at that, that point. And, you know, that that's what I I want to see. Like, you know, just because I'm doing all this stuff today doesn't mean I want to always be doing it. I think the true mark and where I'd like to see it is people that's went through it, they're paying it forward at that time. And then that that's going to be even better. It's going to be so much better that they're running it besides me because I'll be old news. then. (laughs) I'm more excited. I doubt that very much. Yeah. No, no, that's the reason why I love being around emerging learning development professionals, they energize me so much because they bring a new set of eyes to the work that we do. And I love the questions that they ask and they make me better by asking me those questions because sometimes, well, I don't know. I never really thought about it. I just kind of, it's autopilot, right? So uh, that's what gets me excited in the next two to three years. So where can people find out more about you, Kara? Sure. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter, if you look up Kara North 11 at both of those, that will get you to me. I have a YouTube channel called Unfiltered ID. Um, I post a new video maybe once every two, three weeks, something like that. And then my website is Kara North, and that's C A R A 
karanorth.com. karanorth.com. Kara, thank you so much for being my guest today on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Kara for being my guest today on the show. And thanks to you for listening in as we shared another episode of someone telling their story on their training business journey. I know there are plenty of great podcasts out there because I listen to them too, but it's great to know that you've chosen to listen to this one. Now, you've got some great ideas for episodes and content, so please, please keep those coming. My email address is simply mark at trainingbusiness.com. If you've got some suggestions, some book you've read, someone you've heard on perhaps another podcast, then please reach out to me and let me know what you'd like me to have on the show because it's your show. It's for you that we produce this podcast every single Thursday. Can I ask you also please to subscribe because that costs you nothing but uh, just a couple of seconds of your time but validates what we do and helps to spread the word about the podcast to other people, people in your shoes and my shoes because just like you, I'm someone who works as a trainer, as a coach, I'm accredited in both, and I'm sure you are too. And if you're not yet in the training business, but you're listening to this thinking, hey, I'd like to be, uh, great. Well, then let me know what kinds of articles or content would help you to start your training business journey. There is, of course, a load of articles on the blog. I mentioned to you at the top of the show that I'm all the time welcoming content from people just like you. I do actually want you to promote yourself and the blog is for you. It's for you as a practitioner, someone just like the guests and the contributors we've had so far. It's a, a showcase, if you will, for you to put your content out there, just like you're pitching your ideas, your business, to people reading it. And we have people who read and listen to the show, people who are in corporate L&D, and just might be looking for someone who does what you do. For that reason, it's your shopping window. It's the window that you have to the world to lay out the kinds of content, the kinds of programs, the kinds of coaching, facilitation, and training that you serve up to people who need what you do. So I'd love you to reach out to me and let me know what kind of article, what kind of content you could submit to the blog, and you can read other articles to get a feel for the kind of structure that works extremely well. There is a fresh episode, of course, next Thursday on your podcast platform of choice, as there is every single week, whether it's Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many, many more. I always try and remember a couple of these um, other platforms, but I never seem to write them down somewhere. But there are at least there are at least 15 or 16, maybe 17 platforms where you'll find episodes of the show. So whichever platform you listen to the show on, you will find a fresh episode next Thursday. Until then, when I look forward to your company, take care, look after yourself and your loved ones and speak to you soon. Bye for now. Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.